And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Uh, I would just like you to know as we as we start this episode, uh, my wife says hi. Hello, Mrs. Matthews. That's so sweet. Tell her I also say hello, Durangan Canyon Matthews at the DC Matthews. I will make sure that uh, she is aware of that. Can you hear the ceiling fan? No. Okay. Let me turn my let me turn the volume up for a second. Still not. Okay, good. I think you're good. All right. Every so often, I wonder. Uh, there was a time when something on your ceiling fan used to click. I yes. think. Back and you could hear back that. when I did not have uh, the light cover, and it was because you lived like that for a. It decade. was just a bare bulb for quite a long time, and so the the. Uh, strings for the fan and the light would crack into each other quite often but no now now we're living we're living living, we're living high on the hog now doc i got light covers and everything i got smart plugs hog. did you uh did you take advantage of prime day what were your prime day purchases uh i did i feel bad about it because I, I i keep struggling with the idea that i should just outright cancel my prime membership on amazon because jeff bezos Seems like a terrible person. Yeah, I know he's not the CEO anymore and somebody else has taken over, but uh, I'd still, yeah, I don't know. But I did make a purchase. I purchased, um, gosh, what did I purchase? I purchased an air filter for my lawnmower. And then I per which was, you know, all of $6, normally $7.50. Wow, um, big so deal. Big savings, big savings. And what was the other thing I bought? I bought, there was two things. Ah, I bought an under-the-cabinet um, thing that holds K-cups, like, to make coffee. Okay. So I'm going to install that under my cabinet to get the K-cups off of the countertop. That's a nice idea. For $28. I bought um, some disposable masks that my wife was interested in getting. And since she's bought the vast majority of our masks, I bought these. Uh I bought a Grubhub gift card because that was on sale. I got an Amazon gift card because you got some money back. I bought a smart plug. Do you have smart plugs in your domicile? I have some smart plugs, yes. And I bought some sandwich bags. That's that's how we lived. Fair enough. I've been trying to. I've been looking for one of these um, electric vehicle chargers. Um, I've just been charging my car at home using the mobile charger that comes with the car, okay. but I kind of don't think it's meant to be used 24 um, seven. I think it's meant to be sort of kept in the car and have for emergencies and things like that. So I've noted that there's a couple of models that I can buy that the local utility will give me a big discount uh, or refund, however you want to say it on. And I've decided which one I want. And of course, once I decided which one I want, um, it hasn't been in stock um, of course. for the past month they know, or they so. They know what you want, and they know how to take it away from you. So I was kind of hoping that was going to show back up in stock and maybe be on sale for Prime Day, but that didn't work out. Um, and if I get crazy here, I don't know. I keep thinking about replacing my Kindle 
because I do want to get a newer one. The, the lightings are on them are better and all that stuff. But like, I don't use my Kindle enough. I feel like to make it worthwhile. But then also, like, I don't know. Like, there's this, there's a nice one that I can get. It's normally like 190. It's got no ads on the lock screen. It's like their newest paper white one. I think it's, it was on sale for like 130, 140. Plus, if I tell them I will trade in the current one, they'll give me another 20% off. And I was looking at that and I was thinking about it. But then I was looking at it and this, they were like, once we get the trade in, we'll send you the coupon for the 20%. I'm like, but I'm ordering it now. So how am I so like, can, will you refund me that coupon amount? But like I read the fine print and I couldn't find anything that elucidated to me exactly how that worked. And I said, Ugh, I, I don't care. I don't fucking need it. <laughs> and that was that. Yeah. No. Right now, just looking, there's a prime day deal. You can get $7 off the Chom Chom pet hair remover. And the dog and cat I want it. absolutely terrified in the picture. Woo! Oh, can you that. see it too? That's great. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing it right now. Yeah. Um, there's a Delomo pet hair remover, not currently on sale, but it's a similar photoshopped um, item, and the cat is smiling, giving a thumbs up. <laughs> I don't know that cats have thumbs, no. but you, you got to think like somebody made that, right? Some somebody, somebody made, that. made that. We haven't advanced in AI that they're making their own ads. Like somebody made that and thought that was the right. Somebody thought a picture of a dog and a cat with jaws agape and eyes wide looking like they've just seen, you know, someone fall down a flight of stairs is going to sell this product. Do they still do lightning deals on Prime Day? I haven't seen any. I see spotlight deals. You know, my wife was keeping tabs on things. She wanted one of those interior garden spaces where it has the light so you can grow food year round. She wanted a food processor. So she had plans, but I didn't. See. Where do you put all of your kitchen utensils? Because if I recall, you have two air fryers. Yeah. Now a food processor. We didn't buy the food. We know. didn't buy the food processor. We couldn't find a good deal. Oh, okay. I just, it's like, I feel like, I mean, I've got a relatively full size kitchen, although it is relatively small compared to some kitchens. I just feel like we have no counter space to put things so the only thing that is that right now on our counter let's see going from the refrigerator there is the larger of the air fryers then there's the stove there's my soda stream machine two knife blocks a pitcher that holds bigger utensils that won't fit in a drawer your ladles your large like strainers there's a lazy susan that holds our most common you know, items, your salt mill, your, your pepper mill, your salt thing, your olive oil, um, and then the toaster. Everything else goes in a cabinet. So there's a cabinet that has two crock pots, uh, the little air fryer, a cake pop maker. That would probably be where All the right. food processor would eventually go as well. Well, wait, that, wait, back it up. Yeah. Cake pop maker? Yeah. All right, walk me through it. What is what the hell is this? It looks like a sort of any panini press George Foreman grill, but it's got holes. Oh, and okay. so we haven't made a cake pop, but you take pancake batter, like you make some you know blueberry pancakes, and you scoop it in there. You make little pancake balls. Um, 
We've made pizza dough balls stuffed with like mozzarella cheese and things of that nature. Again, another deal that was probably, we probably got it for less than $10, some, you know, some deal that my wife found and we haven't used it in months, but it's kind of fun every so often to break it out. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. So yeah, I can see that. Okay. All right. But yeah, we don't, we try to keep our counter space to as clear as possible because it can get quite cluttered. Um, but yeah, we don't, you know, since neither of us drink coffee, we don't have to worry about, you know, any sort of coffee maker. You know, I'm assuming you have a Keurig machine since you're talking about K-Cups. I do have a Keurig machine again, yeah. You don't have a fancy, like, espresso machine? I could see you, like, having some $8,000 fancy. I'm too, I'm too frugal for that, DC. Mm. Um, I do have some different pieces of equipment. I do act I do have an espresso machine. Um but I, I received it from my mother who had gotten it from a friend who had won it at a casino. So like I got it free of charge. Um so like I've got that. It doesn't work very well. It's not an eight thousand dollar machine. And so I find that the quality of the drink that you get out of it isn't worth the effort. You know what I mean? Mm. So unless I was going to spend the eight thousand dollars, I just I don't see the point, I guess, and I'm not going to spend the eight thousand dollars. So and here we are. Curry coffee is good enough. Yeah, I mean, I was. Don't get me wrong; it's not great, but um, I was raised in a household where it was common to drink instant coffee, and frankly, I can still drink instant coffee. It's fine. Um, don't get me wrong; I can be a coffee snob. I have a burr grinder. I do. Um, I have been known to buy my own beans and grind them myself and do a pour over cup. I was doing that for a while. But then at some point, you just get tired of it. And an instant cup of coffee is so much easier. And for your Keurig machine, you slap the stupid cup in there and you hit a button and you walk away and you come back and there's a cup of coffee. And see, the other problem is I, we're not a household that's going to drink a carafe. So, like, I'm not going to put on a six to 12 cup carafe and have it on there and go back all morning and drink three or four cups of coffee. I can't handle that much coffee. It would kill me. Um, I only need a cup of coffee a day. So it seems like the Keurig is more or less the sweet spot. I almost bought an espresso machine, which is a similar concept to a Keurig. It's a different style of pod. And they're more environmentally friendly. They're more um, bio. I don't know if they're biodegradable, but they're more recyclable than the K-Cups, and they're supposed to make a better cup of coffee. Um, but the problem is the pods are more expensive. When you get the K-Cups on sale, it's like 50 cents a cup of coffee, um, which is still expensive compared to like instant or something like that. But the Nespresso's were like a dollar or a little bit more per cup of coffee. And they also aren't as readily found. Like you can't just go into a big Y and find a big selection of them. And they don't really have a lot of fun flavors. They're mostly just like serious coffee because their first machines had pods that only made espresso, essentially. And they've since gotten these bigger pods now, the Vertuo line or something like that, which can do a mug of coffee. Um, but they're rarer. Maybe it's because they, they changed their pod design after that first wave of machines. But they haven't caught on in the same way. There's not as many third-party manufacturers making these pods. So then buying them online and spending, you know, 100 pods was like on Amazon, it's like $130 or something stupid. Whereas I can get 100 K-Cups at Costco for 30 bucks when they're on sale. Like, it, 
a better cup of coffee. But again, as somebody who will drink instant, eh, doesn't seem worth it. If I asked you, well, no, let me just actually ask you, where would you say is the best cup of coffee you ever had? Like if you, what's, what's the best single cup of coffee? Is it, is it a Starbucks thing? Is it from like a, you know, is it a fancy place in Chicago or New Orleans or someplace? Do you have like, if you think of the best cup of coffee, does a single one come to mind? It does not. Um, I would say, I, I honestly, okay, yeah, maybe if I had to pick one, it would probably be like, um, there used to be this independent coffee shop down the street from where my wife lived when she lived outside of Boston. Um, I think the name of the place was diesel. I don't know if it's still there anymore. Um, but yeah, a little independent coffee shop with baristas and all that kind of stuff. And they, I would occasionally go in there, get a latte or like a cafe mocha or something like that. And their coffee was excellent. Really, really good. Um, now, I like Starbucks and all. Don't get me wrong. Um, but their regular coffee, to me, is nothing special. And I think the reason to go to Starbucks is to get one of their coffee-themed beverages. But the coffee-themed beverages there are really just glorified coffee milkshakes. Like, I'm not necessarily talking just about the Frappuccinos. Like, even the hot stuff that's a latte. There's so much sugar in there and syrups and things that I don't know that that's really a cup of coffee so much as, I don't know, a, a, a confection, really. So I don't know if those really count. Those are quite good, but I don't, I don't really think, I don't consider them in the same breath as what I would make as a cup of coffee for myself, you know? So would you say it's more like candy than coffee? Sure. More like candy than coffee. Well, I'm glad you said that because, Doc, we got to go back into. Segway! The, the, the fans demand it. We have to go back into our early candy tournament. Last week, we did the first round, all, I think, 32 matchups. Uh, we talked about, you know, some old school candy. A uh, friend of the show, GQ, um, you know, talked about hearing the excitement <clears throat> in Doc Manson's voice when thinking of some of, you know. the. I think he was making fun of me, though, to be honest. I, I don't, I think, don't think so. It. I think he meant it. I think he meant it when he said that. You know, you could hear the excitement, and then I think he took it too far and tried to assume how excited you got, which mm. which is a little much for him. Uh, he is going to be in my uh, in my neck of the woods, um, doing a he's doing a demonstration showing people how to wash windows. Oh, cool! He's going to show them the inside, I assume, the outside. He's going to show them that streak free shine that he's able to uh, impart. He's only got 15 minutes, so whatever he's showing, he's got to show quick. So. All right. But that was exciting. Well, I'm thinking of him. Best of luck. That was exciting to hear. All right. Back into the tournament we go. The opening match of our second round, we have dots and we have cowtails. I'm going with cowtails. See, this is the problem with the second round of a tournament like this, is I told all my fun stories the first time. So I feel like this is just going to be quick. You have to remember, this could be somebody's first time listening to us. They're jumping in at episode 327, 
Um, I am going to go ahead and recommend that you go ahead and listen to 326 <laughs> and get yourself caught up because that was an hour of talking about all these was, different candies. I think to, to sum up what you said, uh, I think the combination of the caramel and the cream makes dots are fine, but I can get better gummy candy. They're not my favorite gummy no, candy. So that's it. Uh, the junior mints, I know how much you love your junior mints or the Astro pop. Yeah, I'll give that to the Astro pop. I like, I like a good lollipop. That's got some multi flavors in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big junior mint fan. I'm really not. Um, I remember back in college, there was this thing called a peppermint patty shot. And I would say that's the closest I've ever come to liking something like a junior mint. Um, those were so, but it's just not my, those were so good. In case you don't know, I have to tell you. Yeah. You have to tell them. Um, you need two things. Actually, you need three things, uh, for a peppermint patty. You need peppermint schnapps. You need chocolate syrup and you need a friend. Um, So what happens is you sit, you know, and you have your shot of peppermint schnapps. But before you take it, you lean your head back, you open your mouth and the friend fills your mouth with chocolate syrup. Just coats it. Doesn't fill. Doesn't fill. Coats your mouth with chocolate. Mine tended to go more towards fill, which is probably explains some things. Did you did you did you grab the chocolate sauce from your friend and just continue squirting? I think I would lean up and kind of give it a little extra squeeze. Like you're not putting enough oomph in this. Uh, (laughs) Okay, fair enough. And then once your mouth is sufficiently coated, you take the shot of peppermint schnapps, kind of shake it all around. And it does resemble a peppermint patty or a junior mint. Now, I find the York peppermint patty far superior to a junior mint. But um, agreed. Agreed. But yes, those are good. Those are quite good. My, my favorite thing that we used to do in college, now that we're talking about drinking, um, is the Flaming Dr. Pepper. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Um, you would get yourself a glass, like a, a, you know, a, one of those. It could be any glass that can hold a beer. And you put about eight ounces of beer in the glass. You take yourself a shot glass. You fill it about three quarters of the way up with the amaretto. And then on top of that, you put 151 proof rum. Um, and you need to have the 151 proof rum because what you're going to do next is you're going to light that rum on fire. You're going to take a lighter. You're going to light it on fire. Um, careful. Don't touch the lip of the shot glass after you light it on fire. Sure. It will be extremely hot. Yeah. Um, but yes, what you do is then you take this flaming shot glass and you drop it into the beer, which extinguishes the flame. Uh, and then you chug that motherfucker down. And the, the lasting flavor in your mouth when you are done is that of a Dr. Pepper soda pop. And it was quite delicious. I don't think I ever had one of those, probably because knowing me as I do, I'm lighting whatever. I'm dropping it. It's bouncing off. It's hitting the table. Now the table's on fire. So I, I, I did not deal with, with fire. Um, nor was I huge, a huge fan of shot. Your peppermint patty shot is good. You can do an apple pie shot, which is apple juice and, you know, rum or vodka or an alcohol of your choice, which is a similar type of thing. Um, but yes, yes, that, that, that I think now we're talking about another tournament. 
the <laughs> the two thousands alcohol tournament. Uh, chicklets, yeah. chicklets, or pop rocks? We're going pop rocks all the way there. Of course. Now, don't get me wrong. Chicklets are fun, and they can have those big fake white teeth. Uh, but pop rocks are not only fun to snack upon, but they're a great prop in the bedroom. Would you like to uh, expand on that? I don't believe that was covered last week. I'm I'm good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got to practice for when GQ comes on. I got to practice my PG material. Uh, a, a tougher matchup than I think people would think. The Atomic Fireball or Smarties? Hmm. I think I know which one's going to win, but you'll have to at least ponder it as opposed to... Yeah, I do like a Smartie. I like that pure sugar. It's To me, a Smartie and Nabisco wafer are sort of the same idea, but one of them was done horribly, and the other one was done embracing the fact that there's sugar in this thing, the, and it's supposed to taste good. The, the Necco wafer. Oh, what did I say? Nabisco wafer. <laughs> yeah, Necco wafer. Necco wafer. Sorry. I think I do think that there's sort of two spins on the same basic idea. I do enjoy a Smarty, especially the white ones. Uh, but yes, Atomic Fireballs are one of my all-time favorite candies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that has to win here. <clears throat> Swedish Fish or Hubba Bubba? Hmm. Not a big gum guy. I like Swedish Fish a whole lot. One of my choice gummy candies. So, and I do like the other flavors of Swedish fish. There is a candy shop I sometimes go to on the Cape that has a nice mixed bag mm-hmm. that I will get. Yes. And it's nice to have all those, the green ones and the yellow the, ones. The and lemon and lime are always where I'm, where I'm living. Yeah. Especially since yeah, my good. wife's not a fan of those. So we just trade whenever we get gummy bears or whatever. And uh, I believe somebody corrected me. It may have been in the bestie chat. Uh, I think the, the gum I was just, talking about that you got at parades and things was double bubble, not hubba. And when I said, when I said, oh, no, they used to throw Bazooka Joe, I also meant double bubble. So we were both wrong. Raisinets or Laffy Taffy? If I was answering this today, the answer would be Raisinets or chocolate covered raisins. Um, But since I have been Answering this as I probably would have a child, uh, I will go with the the other option here, which was. Oh, you're so daffy. Taffy, laffy, taffy. There it is. <laughs> yeah, laffy, taffy. Uh, this one is a tricky one for me. Fun dip or a Tootsie Roll? Hmm. I think a fun dip is, if I had to take a choice between a Tootsie Roll and a package of fun dip, I feel like I would probably choose the fun dip because it's longer lasting, it's more flavorful, you get the powder and you get the stick, which is edible as well. However, I think the Tootsie Roll is a better choice. Mm. I think it's a more solid choice. I feel like the Tootsie Roll is 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 that seasoned player. They're not they're not necessarily this on, on the starting not in the starting lineup anymore, but they yep. keep, they're still there. They're a solid that, player. Keep going that sports metaphor, Doc. Yeah, they're they're a solid player. They're good off the bench. They're good off the bench. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, there is a variety there. You can sub them in in almost any position because they do have the different flavors yeah. and the different sizes. Um, you want a big yeah. thing, you can kind of bite off and chew on. You want a little one, so. I think it, I think I'm gonna go with the um, the Tootsie Roll after that masterful sports analogy from Doc Manson. <laughs> uh, I just if you were if one of your uh, underlings, one of your one of your teacher people, came into your office to ask you a question, and they knock on the door and they open the door and they walk in and you were sitting there holding a bag of Fun Dip and just sucking the powder off of the straw, would, would there be questions? Would it be just par for the course with Dr. Mankind? Like, Hey, man, if it's lunch, whatever, they can deal with it. They're, they're interrupting me on my time. So okay. they can watch me suckle the powder off of that stick uh, if they want to. If they're uncomfortable, that's their problem. That sounds like a them problem. Not, mm-hmm. not, that has nothing to do with Dr. Mankind. Welcome to episode 327, titled Suckle the Powder. <laughs> uh, Pez or a blow pop? For me, it's the Pez all the way. Again, I don't think the Pez candy is that good, but the dispensers are awesome. And, you know, in some ways, it makes up for having gotten rid of the Smarties earlier. Although, I will say the Pez candy, while similar consistency, tends to be fruity flavors. I don't really remember the Smarties being fruity, no. per se. More just different flavors of sweet. Yes. Um, and I will say, in some ways, the flavors of Pez substitute in for that Fun Dip powder or the Pixie Stick powder um, that I just eliminated as well. I feel like if you were to solidify that powder, that's sort of what a Pez tablet is. I think no? so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sugar. Know. It's sugar with a yeah. hint of a flavor. Like, I can't even... They're not fruit flavors. Oh, they are. There's there's grape. There's orange. There's really? red. <laughs> Ah, yes. I red. love waking up in the morning and having a good red for with yeah. my breakfast. They, they do claim to be, yeah. to be fruit flavored. But. The Everlasting Gobstopper or a Now and Later? Oh. That's a difficult one. Because they actually sort of so- fit the same yeah. category. Long now ter- and Laters are very hard. They're long-term they're not, candies. Yeah, they're not, they're not uh, a, cons- a chewy consistency like a starburst, unless you stick it in your pocket and let it get the body temperature before you attempt to 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 consume it. Um, so yeah, they're both sort of the thing you're going to stick in your cheek and, and hoard there over the course of 20 minutes or so. Um, for me, the answer here is Gobstopper because the Gobstopper changes flavor halfway through. You start off with that grape outer shell, and as you suckle away at it um you know maybe you, you start waking and working into that orange flavor whoever happens to be on the inside and one of my favorite things is to, is to take a gobstopper to that point that it's just soft enough that you can bite it and crack it in half and unleash that inner flavor oh oh and, and getting one of every flavor and putting all of those in your cheek at the same time oh yeah oh yeah gobstopper i have to get myself advanced candy in it is. I have to get myself a box of Gobstoppers. I don't think I've had any in over a decade, I would say, at this point. Maybe two decades. But I remember enjoying them quite a bit. And this this tournament has inspired me. So that's what I think I need to get out of this. I'm seeing if they're uh, on Prime Day. I don't see any good tests. However, you can get a, 
a candy movie theater box variety pack, which has uh, Rainbow Nerds, Spree, which I don't know made it onto this tournament, Juji Fruits, and the Everlasting Gobstopper. It's a good combo. I like most of the things in there. So, all right. I will be sending that to your condo any day now. I'm sure you will. Uh, Lifesavers or Mike and Ike? Mike and Ike. Lifesavers are good and all. And I used to get, I I didn't tell this story last week. There used to always be Lifesavers in my Christmas stocking every year. Because every year Lifesavers would come out with that special packaging that looked like a book. And you would open it up and there would be several rolls in there. And for some reason, that was a staple of my Christmas stocking. Uh, growing up, there always used to be one of those in there. So, um, but you know, lifesavers are kind of a take them or leave them sort of candy, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, what was it up against? Mike and Ike. Mike and Ike are just tasty. Man. Yeah, Mike and Ike are, are just tasty. Uh, do I need to ask, or can I just move payday ahead of snow caps? You can. Snow caps only begrudgingly even made it into I know. this portion of the tournament. I know they did. Nonpareils are just. Oh, see, I enjoy a non-parel. The the local candy, you know, we have a candy store in this area that is pretty popular in places all over the place. I'll eat their non-parels all day, but snow caps, not so much. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. A candy necklace or a ring pop. So we're in the jewelry. We're in the the jewelry. We're in the jewelry section of our. The question is: Do you want the slingshot weapon? Or do you want the brass the, the candy brass knuckle weapon where you can that, that eventually becomes a shiv if you yeah you know. exactly I think I'm going with the ring pop I I think I while think more right phallic answer. and suggestive uh, I I think it's the way to go yeah nerds rope or red hots hmm, red hots are the hard little cinnamon candies yeah pretty sure I like red hots a lot. And nerd ropes, I don't think existed when I was a kid. I don't think so. I think it was the yeah. late, late, late addition to our. Uh, that gear. said, though, I will say, nerd ropes are one of my favorite modern candies. Um, if I go into a store and I'm in the checkout line for entirely too long, and there happens to be a nerd rope sitting on the shelf there, they get me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Nerds Rope. I, I wow. think I have to go with Nerds Rope. It didn't exist when I was a kid, but yeah. We already got the Atomic Fireball representing the cinnamon candy here. Okay. So. Uh, a Push Pop or Runts. Now, I know Runts have a banana flavor. The problem with Push Pops are once you really get that thing all slicked up with your saliva and gunk and you put it back in there. To go and then push it out again, yeah. you got that sticky saliva grossness all mess. over you. It's not good. It's a good concept. It's a fun concept. But in execution, I think, especially with an adult sensibility, uh, it's troublesome in a lot of different ways. So instead of the push pop, I think runts, the thing I like about runts is they're also too difficult. Well, you can definitely chew them if you try, but they have this harder outer coating. Yep. So until you suck on them a little bit, they're a little bit more difficult to chew. I like that they're different shapes. I like that they're different flavors. They remind me a lot of an Everlasting Gobstopper, except, of course, they're not as hard and they're not changing flavors halfway through. Um, runts have very 
I don't know if this is the right term, but I'm going to say vivid flavors. Like they're, they are very flavorful of what they're supposed to be. I think they're good. I like a runt. I like a runt. They're, they are moving on in this turn. Okay. Nerds, the original OG nerds or rock candy. Now nerds rope has already advanced. I, what I like about this is now, you know, the first round was all nostalgia. Now you're actually breaking it down. We're, we're looking at the game footage. We're talking about the bench players here. We're, we're mentioning the flaws that are inherent to some of these candies. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see. Nerds and rock candy. Rock candy is fun. Um, the thing I like about rock candy is it looks like, you know, it looks like crystals. If you were like yeah. into collecting rocks as a kid. It was kind of this cool thing. Um, I did. I collected quartz and, uh, you know, obsidian stone mm-hmm. and like all sorts of different things. Um, so that has a special place in my heart. And I like that you get it all different colors. It's just beautiful to look at. And, you know, the other thing is a lot of rock candy. I don't know if it still does. But when I was a kid, a lot of rock candy you would find came on these wooden sticks that had that wooden yep. circle on the end of it. And that just was like that was just a high quality holder for this piece of candy like there was something up upscale because there was something classy about a piece of rock candy and 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 it it felt like if if, admittedly it felt like your grandparents piece of candy like this looked like this this rock came from the stone age Mm -hmm. right it looked like the uh, the first candy that somebody grew some like sure it had that feeling to it I, and but and with that wooden stick it, you just felt like mr peanut with the monocle and cane with one of those things this is the type of candy that i would only get when at like a historic site absolutely they would you serve know, it you yeah, go to plymouth yeah. plantation or something like that and that's and where they have they have the gift shop and they're selling rock candy and i'm like yep i'm gonna get the grape one and i'm gonna enjoy or the white one that i don't even know i think that was just sugar i don't know that they had a flavor yeah. to it but um yeah. Yeah. And I would yeah. be like, yes, this is the type of candy they ate in the 1620s. Absolutely. Um, that said, I think I'm going to go with nerds because <laughs> they got a lot of flavors, man. They've got the sours. They've got the watermelon. Yeah. They've got the cherry. Variety. Variety. And the thing I used to love, they got the rainbow packs. And the thing I loved, I really, really loved about nerds was they had the two flavors in one package. Right. So half the package was one flavor. The other pack, half of the package was the other flavor. And it was all in this one little box about the size of a, a deck of playing cards, right? And the other thing that was really cool about them is since they were split into two with the two halves, they ha- they had this fun little mechanism where where the 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 cardboard would slide out and it opened up a hole in the top of the deck where you could pour out the nerds. And then that little flap of cardboard, like it was spring loaded, would slide could slide back and cover up the hole to close up the container again. And that was, like, that to me, like, you know, don't get me wrong, it's not a Pez dispenser. It's just a piece of damn cardboard. But you got two of these slots, one on each side, each dispensing different flavors. It was the best thing you could get closest to a Pez dispenser without actually having a molded piece of plastic. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And you could just kick that thing open. You could take a shot of nerds just kick it back and whatever got in your mouth you snapped it back and you felt like a badass like you were taking shots in a bar like in that rated r movie you weren't supposed to be watching on late night usa television oh oh that shit was good we could we could could argue that the nerds box is the 
is the Acme, is the high point yes. of cardboard box technology. It's got to be, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go with Nerds on this particular matchup. But uh, uh, final yeah, Rock Candy does deserve some respect. Final matchup of the second round, Butterfinger BBs or Twizzlers? I'm again going to go with Twizzlers. It's the old standby. I love licorice. These days, I like black licorice also. I didn't like it as a kid. But Twizzlers are delicious. They're my go-to travel snack. If I'm getting in a car to go on a road trip somewhere, if I'm getting on an airplane and I have to pack you know, carry-on, you better believe there's going to be a package of Twizzlers in there. Doc Banson loves, loves Twizzlers. And there's something nostalgic about it, too. I remember my mom always packing a package of Twizzlers and she'd be handing them to us in the back seat, or handing one over to my dad as he was driving. It was just the, the it was just the Manson family travel snack food, um, and it's it really has carried over uh, for me. And the Butterfinger BBs, the thing with the BBs is they were excellent. Um, however, they were excellent when they first came out in the late '80s, early '90s, whenever that was, when they had that Simpsons crossover. That initial recipe of the BBs was delicious and phenomenal. And if and it was they, still that recipe, changed it. right, we might be having a different conversation. Sure. Uh, but they did change it. They messed with the formula. They changed a good thing. Uh, it's not as good as it used to be. Regular Butterfingers candy bar is not as good as it used to be. Um, so I, I think it's got to lose some points there regardless. And uh, yeah, Twizzlers are coming out on top. Into the third round, the Sweet 16, Cowtails or an Astro Pop. Cowtail all the way. Astro Pop's not that good. It's sort of just been getting buys by having some weak matchups so sure. far. Not a big lollipop guy. I don't know. Not Tw- my thing. Tootsie Pop is the be-all, end-all for me. And, to- and Tootsie Pops weren't even on this list. No. no. Pop Rocks or the Atomic Fireball? Hmm. Well... Atomic fireball in the bedroom isn't going to do what I want it to do. It's just going to be unpleasant. So we'll go with the Pop Rocks. I think it's got more utility. Wow. Upset. Pop Rocks. I couldn't let the Atomic Fireball win another candy tournament. That's true. I appreciate that. Uh, Swedish Fish or Laffy Taffy? Hmm. I do enjoy Banana Laffy Taffy quite a bit. But I'm going to go with the Swedish Fish. I have consumed a massive amount of red Swedish fish in my day, mm-hmm. and those other flavors are quite good. If you didn't have the banana Laffy Taffy, don't get me wrong, I like the other Laffy Taffy. Yeah. But it's really the banana that does it for me. So, sure. Yeah. Tootsie Rolls or Pez? Hmm. I think this is where the gimmick has to run its course. I, I think, you know. Being able to come in the this plastic molded form of a thousand shapes, you can have an entire set of all of the dwarfs from the Hobbit prequel of Lord of the Rings. You can you, you can have all of all of the main characters from the Fellowship. You can have yep. all of Harry Potter. You can have Garfield and Odie, and all of Toy Story and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's at the end of the day, it's just a gimmick. It just feeds you the shitty little candies. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas a Tootsie Roll. I feel like there's utility there. But I, I, as much as I like a regular tootsie, I keep thinking about vanilla tootsie. Oh, they're so good. I don't have them very often, but they're so good. So yeah, tootsie rolls, I think, have to get the, uh, the advance here. You can buy, again, you can buy bags of just the vanilla tootsie roll. 
I feel like I would miss some of the other flavors, though. It's nice to have the variety. I agree, but I'm just saying it's an option. I I, I once I went to um, a local. I don't, I don't know if it's that regional, but there's like a regional discount furniture store. It's got these uh, commercials, um, you yeah. know. <laughs> They were famous for their commercials. And when you go, they have this one section of the store that's like slightly off furniture, like defects, like slight, slight bents and things, things you might not ever notice depending on where they are. And right outside of there, they have like this little candy station um, where it's just free. Take some candy as you're looking through the store. I remember wandering in there at one point and they just had a vat full of the different flavors of Tootsie Rolls. Mm-hmm. And I definitely picked out several of the vanilla ones oh, yeah. to enjoy on my tour around this store. It was a pleasant surprise to find there. Now I'm looking up because uh, I've seen some of those commercials and the guy isn't there. It's now an animated one. And I'm like, did he pass? That's what I'm Perhaps. trying to find out. I don't think so. I think he may have just retired. Yeah, I mean, he's got to go and enjoy that commercial money someday. But either way, uh, let's see here. Everlasting Gobstoppers or Mike and Ike? Hmm. That's hard. That's a good matchup. Um, I wouldn't begrudge anybody going the other way. But I'm going to go with the Gobstopper. I think I prefer a hard candy than the, the half gumminess of a Mike and Ike. Because Mike and Ike's aren't gummy. They're chewy. Yeah. And they've got that harder outside and that jelly inside. And I like that. Don't get me wrong. It's different. I do enjoy it. But yeah, I think Gobstopper for me. Well, the thing you have to consider with some of this is shelf life. Like a Mike and Ike that goes stale and becomes even harder to <laughs> chew good. is not as fun. A Gobstopper, though. Mm-hmm. Not going to get any harder. No. A payday or a ring pop? Payday all day. I saw a chocolate coated payday at the store this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, blasphemy. I don't think it was completely enveloped. I think it was just like on the bottom. Sure. It was enrobed, perhaps. And I did want to try it, but I don't know, man. There's something about the the pureness of that pure salty peanut with that caramel core that really just seems like they shouldn't mess with it. I feel yeah, like I if you're going to do that, melt some chocolate at home and just dip it in. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nerds rope or runts? Well, I gave nerd ropes the win last time, and I do think it's one of my favorite modern candies. Sure. Oh. What's it up against again? Runts. <laughs> yeah. If I have to go back to my childhood. Yeah, it's runts. I, there used to be at my um, at the barber shop I would go to. There used to be a gumball machine type dispenser you put in your quarter. You rotate the thing, yep. and it would dispense the candy. And it was full of runts. And I would always get a quarter or two full of handful of runts when I went to go to the barber when I was a kid. Uh, I used to always enjoy eating those on the way home or or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, runts have a, they have a they have a memory in my heart as well. So well. Speaking of that, this last matchup is not fair. and I apologize in advance uh, because we have the nostalgia of the cardboard box and the nostalgia of the road trip because it is nerds and Twizzlers. Hmm. 
It is funny because uh, I'll tell you it right away. My gut feeling has to win here. And that means Twizzlers is advancing. However, if you were to ask me straight up, runts versus nerds, nerds would win. Okay. In my head, runts and nerds were always similar. Sure. I know they're not really. They both have the short name. They're both sort of fruit flavored. They're both kind yeah. of tiny little hard things to stick in your mouth. And you kind of chew, but you're not really supposed to chew them. And they were kind of two peas in a pod. And the runts and the, the nerds rather had more fun flavors. There was more sort of sour flavors. The watermelon ones in particular, more variety there. Plus that box. You can't, you can't beat that box. Nerds would definitely beat runts in an, in an even matchup. Um, but unfortunately, having been up against Twizzlers, it looks like we're going to lose nerds from this tournament. That's we lost sad. nerds and nerd rope in two consecutive matchups. That's the way it I'm goes. just as surprised as anyone else. The way it goes. The Elite Eight, Cowtails or Pop Rocks? I will go with Cowtails. Wow. Sexual really- deviancy can only last so long. I mean, You can bring that's- a cowtail into the bedroom if you want. I don't know what you're going to do with it once it's there, but you can bring it in. He's thinking. Are you aware of the fetish of the hue cow? <laughs> the hue cow? H-U-C-O-W. No. Moving on. Hello, Google. <laughs> okay. I'm going to vomit. Be right back. <laughs> Uh, Swedish fish or Tootsie Rolls? I'm going to go with the Swedish fish. That's a, that's a difficult one. I, I do think the Tootsie Rolls are more versatile, but I think I enjoy a Swedish fish more. Everlasting Gobstoppers or Paydays? God, that's hard. Mm. Um... For variety's sake, I'm going to give it to the payday. Okay. But Gobstoppers are really good. Probably one, probably my, I'm not sure, depending on how the rest of it's going to play out, but definitely amongst my favorite hard fruity candies. So I, I will mention to you that as of right now, you have uh, a gummy sort of candy in the Swedish fish. You have two representatives from the caramel section in your cowtails and your payday. You have no hard candies, and the next matchup is Runts and Twizzlers. Runts is a hard candy. Yes, but is that going to beat Twizzlers? It is not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but in, in fairness, there's no candy bar on the list if I get rid of Payday. So that's true. I I almost feel like I should have taken out some of the candy bars and had this just be a different. But I needed to find 64, so we're just moving on. Uh, all right, our final. I will say I'm disappointed that Juju Bees were not in this tournament. I'm disappointed that uh, Red Hot Dollars were not in this tournament. Um, all sorts of movie theater favorite candies, those 99 cent boxes mm-hmm. that would have come from the local <coughs> pharmacy, <coughs> no. were missing here. No, movie theater candies are bought at the movie theater. Otherwise, you're bringing in outside candy i will tell you as a child we never purchased anything at the movie theater other than um some popcorn we were smugglers now we were not smugglers when i was a kid but we're smugglers now yeah 
Uh, our final four here, cowtails or Swedish fish? I think I enjoy cowtails more, but I think I've eaten far more Swedish fish in my life. I'm going to go the Swedish fish. All right. Before we get to the next matchup, did your local movie theater when you were a kid, probably closer to a teenager, start doing the bulk candy? Briefly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when our local theater, all of a sudden you could make your own candy and pay by the pound. And I remember like I spent like $12 and my parents were not happy. And And like you got that bag and you put, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was $12 worth of candy, but it didn't really seem like that much. No, it was like $6 a pound, which was ridiculous or something like that. Cause that would imply I got, I think it was, I I think it was more than that. I think it was more like $12 a pound. Oh, I don't remember, but I remember I was old enough at that point where my parents were like, you know what? Maybe you should pay for your own movies. (laughs) Like you got an allowance and everything. If you want to buy stuff, if this is how you want to spend your money, then go for it. But we're done buying your uh, stuff. Yeah, I I do think I did that precisely once. Felt completely ripped off at the counter. Yeah. uh, And then never did it again. And frankly, I think that's also the reason why I can never really get into you know, the sort of pay as you load up uh, frozen yogurt places that became all the rage around mm. here for a few years. There are these places where you could get a different size cups. You could load it up with your frozen yogurt and you can just pile whatever sort of toppings on it you want. And then you get to the end, they weigh it and they charge you. I think I did that precisely once. And I was like, you want how much money? And I mean, I, I, paid it. I, I was going to say, I know we've done that more than once. <laughs> you mean yeah. you we have been. Uh, I'm sorry. Pinkberry's great. I miss it every day. But Pinkberry wasn't even the worst of this because Pinkberry, no. they put the toppings on for you and th- they didn't weigh it. There was a oh, different, that's true. No, you're there right. There was a different right, brand right. of these places that I've you got Pinkberry. You, you got a certain number of toppings depending on the size that you ordered. That's right. Right. Pinkberry did it in a way that I thought was fair. Um, yeah. TCB, we used to go, there was a TCBY uh, a couple towns over that we would go to every now and then. And yeah. Yeah, it's a ripoff, but where else can uh, you go for the experience of mediocre frozen yogurt? What I'm saying. Twizzlers or payday? Bullshit. But I'm going to give it to Twizzlers. Okay. When we began, there were 64. Now it is down to two. Doc Nansen, your favorite old school childhood candy is it Swedish fish or is it Twizzlers kind of funny because ostensibly they're both red chewy gummy candies different shapes of course slightly different densities and consistencies but sort of emulating the same flavor even Um, but yeah I prefer a Twizzler to a Swedish fish what I find very interesting about this is Twizzlers has won this tournament Uh, is that, you know, when we speak of your mother, most of the time there is slight derision and slight exasperation, no, not even slight, serious exasperation and frustration. But the way you spoke of her today, there was a bit of reverence, and obviously the memory is strong of that that sort of road trip. So I am... 
Yeah, I don't know. I probably have said I probably have said this on the show before, but I don't know. I don't I don't really think my parents are the same people who raised me anymore. Um, and I don't know if that's just having, you know, had a diet of propaganda mainstream news for the last 30 years that has warped their perception of the world. Um, I just I, that's those are not the people that I have memories of the people that I see uh, when I see them today. And that's sad. Um, but I do have good memories and I, I do. Uh, I do. I do look back fondly. So good. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Oh, I'm glancing at our emails. We don't have to necessarily get to them now, though. We're almost an hour in once again, Doc. Once again. Um, somebody here has sort of uh, suedo stolen uh, my piece of positivity. Uh, do you want to go to emails? Is there anything else you would like to? to I have a couple other, you know, potential topics. Where What are you feeling here? Um, I mean, we could probably get to the emails, although I do sure. want to just mention this briefly because we didn't mention it last week and we're not going to talk about it very much today. Um, I watched AEW last week and I watched Dynamite this week and I watched Dynamite and Rampage last week and Dynamite this week. Um, or I get what you're saying. Yeah. You, not this watched week, back it recently. They, they, I enjoyed it. Hey. Good matches. Good That's stuff. All we want. That's all we want. I only, I only got want. it because I saw a thing on Twitter, a brief video clip, 30 seconds or something, where there was something going on uh, where there was a tag team match and Dan Housen had to find two tag team partners. Yes. And he came out in the ramp and he did his thing. Uh, I don't know. These guys are uh, pretty good at wrestling, I think. And then FTR came out and... I just had to know how that came to be. And I had to see the rest of that because I, I like FTR. I, I historically, I think we talked about this way back when uh, FTR was the revival in NXT and we were talking about them and American Alpha Alpha having their series of matches and so forth. Um, historically, I have not been a fan of tag team wrestling. I find it formulaic, slow and boring. Mm hmm. But watching the revival work in NXT and especially those series of matches with American Alpha, I came to enjoy and dare I say respect tag team wrestling in a way that I had never previously in my life. Sure. They just worked it together so well and the way that they relied on each other and actually wrestle as a team and doing innovative things with that dependency on one another and really embracing that instead of just being two guys thrown together who don't even have a name sure. or whatever, which is, which um, is what, well, no, we'll get to that. Keep going. But I, yeah, so I don't know. I just, when I see those two guys, don't get me wrong. Dan Housen alone piques my interest when I see Dan Housen uh, sure. because of his horror host similarities. Um, but then I, FTR and that was just such an odd pairing. Like I don't, I don't see how or why those two personalities would be put together. Mm -hmm. Although I understand that FTR is sort of doing more of a face thing right now because they're probably going to be working towards squaring off with the Bucks. Um, 
So I get it, but yeah, I just that was enough. To, I said I have to find the show and watch that. Good. And since I was going to watch that, I said I'll watch Blood and Guts or whatever that special show was too. Sure. And there were some good matches. There was some good stuff on there. I enjoyed. I enjoyed everything. And I got to tell you, because um, right now uh, MJF is not on the show right no. now. He's been, I assume, still doing their shoot work, whatever thing with his contract. Yes. I did not miss his presence because who came out being the biggest, most believable asshole on the roster filling the MJF void to a T, but Christian with mm-hmm. a recent heel turn. And the turtleneck. And- <laughs> oh my God, it was beautiful. His prom. I really enjoy Christian Cage. He is one of the best of all time on the microphone. And... I just forgot how good he is. He really is. Like that is him and MJF are mm-hmm. just in that heel persona are very, very good and believable. I, I love when you have wrestlers that understand not only when you have a character change, you need some sort of look change. Cut your hair, grow your hair, grow a beard, shave your beard, put on a different outfit. And I love that Christian knew if I come out here in a I think it was like a black turtleneck with a blazer over it. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to annoy you just by the way I'm dressed. And so by the time I'm getting ready to talk, you're already mad at me. And then he's talking about, I think he made some, threw some shade at Jeff Hardy or something like that. He did. And that I could have done without, but just because Jeff Hardy, honestly, he, he is such a problematic individual at this point. I think it's best if he just sort of fades away personally. But, um, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he had a really good line to Matt Hardy where he said, man, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, I, I thought, I thought Jeff was the disappointment in the family or something. like that." (laughs) And so that was effective. Like it was effective. Uh, even though I would prefer that just he not be mentioned because we don't need to celebrate. Well, and, and this is. You may have enjoyed Luchasaurus because he's a wrestling dinosaur, but I've never gotten Jungle Boy. Oh, and I think that's the most beautiful part of this is, and I don't know if this to be fact yet, but if this is leading to a repackaging of Jungle Boy to where he can come out and be a more credible player, if they can repackage him, lose the Tarzan gimmick and just come out as Jack Perry or or whatever. Yeah. Well, then that's, that's exactly it. I'm like, I trust, I, if you had asked me six weeks ago, I'd have been like, nope, like he'll be an interesting, you know, mid card, maybe sort of character. But now that Christian's turned and Luchasaurus has turned, I'm like, I have the utmost faith that Christian Cage can get Jack Perry, Jake Perry, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. I don't know what his name is. Way more popular. And And yeah. If he comes out in street clothes and just beating the tar out of them and chasing them around with chairs or whatever, it's fantastic. Yeah. So. And I got to say, like, don't get me wrong. I love the cheese of Luchasaurus. I, I think yeah. that character fits so well in Lucha Underground and here a little sillier, but a good pairing to Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the switch with Christian Cage now and, you know, to have uh, Luchasaurus come out now, he's got the darker colored yeah. mask and the more brooding sort of he's a big dude he's imposing he's agile he's strong like 
they're doing right by that I, gimmick as well look, as you can. I look at him and I immediately think of Kane. Yeah. Now at some Kane wore that mask for six, seven years. I don't remember exactly when it was that he took it off. And he was a babyface. I just watched him on a recent episode of 2002 Raw do the Kane Rooney. Like he was silly. He was terrifying. <clears throat> he could do all of that with the mask. And then when the mask came off, it was this whole other level. You can do that with Luchasaurus. I and, think so. And I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because one of the things I actually had written down here to talk about was tag teams. Because AEW seemingly has a healthy respect for tag teams, and I appreciate that. Yep. Their competition, WWE. Sasha and Naomi are suspended. Apparently, they were going to do something with the women's tag titles. That has not happened. I, I think they're just pretending it doesn't exist. Uh, Man, I feel like they've been pretending those belts don't exist since they created them. Well, that the men's titles, they've unified, but now the Usos are part of the bloodline, which is a great story. Don't get me wrong, but the titles aren't part of it. They just happen to have them. Um, right. Just completely then, tied up with those guys. Yep. Last week on NXT, Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade win the tag team titles. They're baby faces. They win the tag team belts. This week, one of them turned on the other one. And so now they're champions like literally seven days later. Why? My just, guess just is, let them be a team. So my guess is the storyline is Roxanne Perez, who was Roxy in Ring of Honor. She was this, you know, the, the young wonderkind. Um, you know, she is teaming with Cora Jade, but then she also gets, because I think she won the breakout tournament, she challenges Mandy Rose for the singles belt. And I'm guessing Cora Jade is going to do the you weren't happy enough with this. You didn't even give us a chance. And now you're going for the singles belt. I, I get it. But the problem is the WWE has always done this. That's what they I'm saying. use the tag division as a stepping stone yes. for other stories. They're never happy to let it be its own thing and actually build a strong division. Like, it's okay to no. do the story you're describing once in a while, as long as you've got a strong division that's thriving around it yeah. but it seems like that's the only thing they can use their tag division for is as a springboard story for single stuff and yeah. that's just again well, it's formulaic it. and it's not when when you had when triple h was running nxt and you had the revival you had diy you had american alpha they had a strong division now granted, it was the first time in my life i'd ever enjoy tag team wrestling yeah now granted Champa turns on Gargano, which is one of the great stories of NXT that lasted way too long, but still. Um, but they put in their time. They did. With as DIY they did, building they did. up to that. This week on Raw, uh, the Alpha Academy, which is Chad Gable and Otis, spends 10 minutes getting their ass beat by Brock Lesnar. Great. Great. That's good. So, you know, I, I almost wish they would just get rid of the tag team belts. Yes. You can still do tag team wrestling, but you clearly don't need it. You're not putting at least get rid of the women's titles, make mid-card belts, make a woman's, you know, intercontinental title or something like that, which might be better. Um, but you know, and so I have probably 10 different weeks of impact of not impact, um, dynamite and rampage on our 
you know, Xfinity beta sort of thing. I, the problem is I don't have that app on the TV in this room. So I'd have to be in either our bedroom or the living room watching it. But I got to get into it because clearly what do you what do you need to get access to that app? Uh, I need to ask uh, my mother-in-law for the password. Oh, OK. I was going to so, say, if you need another fire TV, it's prime day for another no, six hours. I have plenty of those. Oh, OK. We have plenty of those. I just need access to it, um, which I should do now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, and so, you know, I do want to get into AEW because I do think they're doing some good things and oh. you know, whatever's happening with the Ring of Honor, I'm ex- interested in that. Hey, and, there's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Saturday, I think. And GQ was asking me if I wanted to I, watch it. We were there yesterday. I, I, was, I heard about it. Now I'm but you didn't see. mention, you didn't comment. I did not. You, I did not. not interested. Okay. I'm looking to try to figure out when it is. Because I'm not seeing it. Oh, it's the 23rd. 20, 23rd. So not yeah. next, this week, but the next week. Death yeah. Before Dishonor. What do we got? Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. That's going to be great. Wheeler Yuta versus... De- oh, FTR versus the Briscoes. That's going to be good. Mercedes yep. versus Serena. It looks good. 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 All right, let's get to the emails. We have chatted. I'll ask you about the few. We had a conversation yesterday. We went and got the wonton soup that GQ got. It was okay. It was okay. Um, you know, and we were talking a little bit about video games. We'll, we'll have that conversation carry over at some point later. Uh, we have three emails this week. I honestly forgot it was Wednesday. I am so, <laughs> so gone into summer mode. Um, Nate sent in podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Topics, questions, and thoughts. Good afternoon, DC and Doc. It's been quite a crazy, busy couple of weeks at work for me, and it's not slowing down. I'm trying not to let the stress or anxiety get to me. I've been looking at new car and houses because I still live with my parents. Been hoping to move out for a while. Leads into my first question. When you guys got out of college, were you ever worried you wouldn't be able to find a job soon after? Have you ever struggled to make ends meet if you're comfortable talking about it? I think if you could only watch one of Jordan Peele's movies before Nope, I'd recommend Us. I really think you'd enjoy it. What is an old horror movie you hope eventually gets remade? DC, who was your all-time favorite baseball player and how did you get interested in it? Wish you guys all the best. Have a great rest of your week. Nate, who was your favorite baseball player? Um, I would probably say my favorite baseball player of all time is Jason Veritek, catcher and captain for the Boston Red Sox. Um, how did I get interested in baseball or Jason Veritek? So I played T-ball as a kid. My uncles were supposed to take me to a Red Sox game, but I got chicken pox. And now that I know what I know about my uncles, I don't think I would have ever come home. I think we would have gotten lost or dead or something. Um, And then I had no interest. I put baseball on to fall asleep when I was probably high school age. And then freshman year of college, there were some friends in the dorm next door that were huge Yankees fans. And because I'm a terrible person, I decided to cheer because they made it to the World Series that year. I decided to cheer for every other team. (laughs) <laughs> and when the Arizona Diamondbacks beat 
the New York Yankees in the World Series. I sprinted out of my room, jumped down the stairs, ran out the door, down the, uh, across the parking lot, somehow made it into the um, all-girls dorm. Somebody must have let me in and was dancing and celebrating, getting punched repeatedly uh, by this friend uh, whom certain people we know may or may not have dated at some point in their life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and that was, you know, and then I started, you know, having, a, again, passing interest and, you know, cheered for the Red Sox when they beat the curse in 2004, married a beautiful Maine girl whose family had been Red Sox fans for as long as they, I could remember and they could remember. And so now we're into it, but, uh, but yeah, Jason Veritek, he was the catcher. He was the captain. You know, again, if I tried really hard, I could maybe look like him. So that's my, you know, well, we, we stood in line outside of the black dog restaurant on Martha's vineyard. He was, you know, four or five people over also waiting for a table. That was pretty cool. So, uh, doc, you have not seen us. I'm assuming. No, I have not. As I mentioned last week, I haven't seen any of the three Jordan Peele movies. So I do want to see that. And I I want to watch them both. I think I would enjoy them both. I just, um, I, I part of I have this thing. I think I've said this before where I have difficulty convincing myself to sit down and watch movies. I know I'm going to like, um, it looks well-made. It looks competent. It has something to say. It looks like it's got atmosphere, good acting, like, mm-hmm. if I know I'm going to like it, for some reason, it's not that I enjoy it any less. I, I can f- still find it very satisfying, and I'll praise it up and down all day long after I'm done with it. I just, there's something about finding a movie that I know nothing about and putting it on and f- just exploring and finding out and being surprised about sure. what it is, good or bad, um, that I think sort of dictates my watching habits. Um, so when I see something that looks very competently made and looks like, oh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of that. It takes me a great deal of energy to overcome that inertia uh, uh, of just defaulting to not watching. I don't know why that is, but I've is noticed it because that. is it because you're the B movie geek? And so you are drawn to the movies that may actually not be good. Like Jordan Peele's movies would not qualify as B movies. And. You know, yeah. I almost think you're more interested in movies that may be good or may suck because I think you'll enjoy both. Yes, and I do think that is exactly it. Like I like to watch things I don't know a lot about, and I can be surprised either way. Um, that's and I, again, I don't think I'm doing it conscious. I well, it's conscious now to an extent because I think I'm aware that is what I do. Um, but for a, I don't think I was doing it consciously for a long time. And like when I go downstairs and I'm flipping through trying to decide what movie to put on, I'm more likely to pick something I don't know anything about than I am something that I know I'm going to like. And it's just, it's weird. I don't know why I do that, but it, it's just the way I default for some reason. I I don't know. Hmm. Uh, What's a horror movie you hope gets remade? An old one. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954. It's about time that the Gill man um, had his own standalone vehicle and got remade in a modern context. I would like to see that quite a bit. Wasn't there some water movie? Yeah, The Shape of Water, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I don't th- think that was quite. Yeah, not quite as horror as I would want to see. But uh, as for his first question, the more serious one, mm. um, have I ever struggled to make ends meet? Uh, yes, but no. I think in that's co- my answer as well. In college, um, I was broke a lot of the time. I worked uh, at the local bookstore uh, minimally and had a lot of times where I had, you know, $30, $40 in my little student checking account. And, you know, I'd get paid $80. We'd, I'd work a haunted hayride and get $120 in cash and feel like I was, you know, richy rich. Um, but I had a fallback of if I really needed, like I was in school, which was paid for, you know, the money I didn't have was like, oh, I can't buy wings. Oh, I can't, you know, do this or that. Um, I did not get a teaching job right away. I went to many interviews and did not get hired. Uh, there was a flaw in my interviewing that it took a very nice principal to finally actually tell me what the problem was, but that took 12 or 15 interviews before I discovered it. Uh, I was substitute teaching. Now I had taken out for my grad school year, I had taken out way more money than I actually needed because I wasn't going to work. I was just going to do grad school uh, thinking it was going to be, you know, more intensive than it was. Um, and so I had money, so I wasn't struggling to make ends meet, but I was, you know, day-to-day subbing and, uh, you know, doing all of that. And it took six months or so before I got a long-term substitute job, which gave you a regular paycheck. Um, so, you know, yes, I was worried that I would be able to find a job, but I can't say I have really ever struggled to make ends meet. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've always been in in a very fortunate position. I've said it before, um, where even if I had failed completely and been unable to make ends meet or whatever, I still had that social safety net. I could have gone back to live with my parents or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any shame in that. I think it's very common for most people going out of college these days. Um, you know, I was in school forever, so I'm not sure my life um, experience is super applicable. By the time I finally got out of college, you have to remember, when I finally finished my degree, I was married. Yeah. <laughs> so I had um, somebody else with a full-time job who was making a salary. And don't get me wrong, I would say that's the closest we've ever come to having some difficulty making ends meet because after I got my degree... Um, I had a postdoc position lined up at first, but that eventually ran out a year after. And after that, once my postdoc was over, um, it took me nine months to find a position. I was unemployed for nine months with no income coming in. Um, and luckily, you know, I've always been a saver. I had money. Um, again, my wife had a full-time job at that point and we didn't have a lot of expenses. Our rent was very reasonable and we were able to live off of her salary um, well enough, you know, I don't think we struggled to make ends meet the way that some folks do. I don't think I have that sort of experience because again, yeah, we weren't rolling in money, but we had an affordable rent. We could afford groceries, um, by virtue of the type of job she has, we had health insurance provided. Um, that was expensive to add me onto her 
health insurance compared to, you know, before. But uh, yeah, we were able to make ends meet. Um, but I would say that was the closest. And that was really demoralizing over the course of that nine months. I applied to, I don't know, I'm going to say it was it was somewhere around 50 jobs, like t- teaching different levels, community colleges, some labs. Um, I applied, I ended up after the advice of some friends, uh, I applied to other industries. I tried to get into the insurance industry to become an underwriter. I, I just got no traction, no traction. I probably of those 50 applications I put in, I think I got two interviews and it was an awful nine months just feeling like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know what I mean? It was awful. Completely, completely terrible. Um, But luckily, yeah, luckily we were in a good enough situation and my wife was able to support us uh, as we worked through those times until I found the position that I have now and things have been. And he's loved it every day since then. Every day. I don't look back at my nine months unemployed as the highlight of my life. (laughs) Oh, come on now. I knew you during those nine months. You were not jovial, happy-go-lucky. No, it feels terrible to not be useful or contributing or doing everything you can and just seeming like, what the fuck did I get this degree for, apparently? Yeah. It's not a good feeling. And and it does seem to me that that seems to be more and more common now, which again, I think we've mentioned this more recently on the the latest episodes. This You know, is college necessary in the... And the problem is as we approach a third of the way through or a quarter of the way through the 21st century, like I want the answer is like sort of no. Right. But at the same time, like without my degree, I could not have the job that I have at this institution, similar positions and other departments and things that they haven't hired somebody without a PhD in these positions for at least the last 15 years. They only hire people with PhDs for these positions. So I could not have this job without the degree that I have. However, it's completely fucked up in my opinion, because if you look at like the job description and you look at what the minimum requirements are for my job, they only require a bachelor's degree. In theory, you can be hired into this job with a bachelor's degree. But again, they haven't hired somebody with that level of education in at least the last 15 years, maybe longer. And that's ludicrous to me because in that time and just in the seven years I have been there, they have redone the job classification system. And so they rewrote all the job descriptions. And I don't know. I, I think that when they did that, they should have said, oh, look at this job. They haven't hired anybody in the last 20 years that hasn't have a PhD. I guess the minimum job requirement for this position should be a PhD. No, they redid the system and it's still just the bachelor's degree. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. Why? How is it that the job description can be so wildly different in terms in terms of the expectation, the minimum expectation, and the people that you're actually hiring into this job? If a search committee would never consider somebody with a bachelor's degree for this position, why does the job description say that? I'll, I mean, I'll tell you why. So they can get away with paying you a fraction of what you're worth. Um, but it, it, it's it's mind boggling to me. It, it's it and it makes me angry. Really to no end. 
they're completely taking advantage of an entire generation of people. I came into this position and replaced a lady who retired, and they paid me a third of her salary. A third. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it just makes me mad. I believe it. And it's just, you know, I'm not saying that college is a scam. It's not, but yeah, but it does. It becomes increasingly difficult to see the value. Yeah. When you also have to think about it, you know, oftentimes in ye olden days, when people went to university, it was not necessarily to get a job. It was to be able to, you know, keep up and hold a conversation when out in polite society. You needed to be an educated and learned person in order to discuss philosophy and literature and all of those things. If you needed a job, you were an apprentice, you learned a trade, and you got a job in there. Those were two separate careers. Those are two separate paths. Depending on your, your lot in life, you either became an apprentice or you were able to be sent to university and, you know, became a man of letters or whatever. But all of that having been said, Nate, there's absolutely nothing wrong with still living with your parents. Financially, it's probably been a great thing for you. Uh, you know, if you're in a position, I don't remember. I think he's he's not, you know, young Chip's age. But if he's in a position where he's able to look at a house or some sort of housing and you have the money saved for it, good for you. This was all worth it. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it can be rough. It can be rough. Uh, Glenn. Chimes in more munchies. Hi guys, it's another foodie question this week. I just finished a delicious homemade pasta bake made by my flatmate. Do you eat much pasta? And if you do, what is your go-to pasta dish? As much as I enjoy the pasta bake, my favorite pasta dish is traditional spaghetti bolognese. Bolognas. Yep, bol- even better. Bol- bol- bolognese. 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 Yeah, I knew that. Thanks as always, Glenn. Do we like pasta? <laughs> oh, Glenn. Uh, let's see. We've had pho. We've had wonton soup recently. We had dumplings, which also was probably some sort of pasta. I will say, you know, having grown up in a household where my mother, she did a lot of cooking and she made a lot of Italian food, a lot of macaroni, sure. a lot of spaghetti and variations yeah. thereof. Um, these days, the only pasta I eat is an Asian cuisine. I, I, I don't think I ever make, well, not never, but we rarely make pasta at home, I feel like. There is not a lot of redeeming qualities to pasta. I it's all carbs. Pa- I love pasta and would eat it every day if I could, but there is not a lot of redeeming qualities to pasta. It's 100% carbs, which all get transferred into triglycerides, which as uh, somebody with a history of uh, bad hearts in the family means I should not eat pasta ever. Um, I try not to make it or eat it as much as I want to, which again, I would eat it every day happily. Uh, but yes, more than likely it's going to be, you know, uh, a wonton soup or a pad CU if we're getting Thai or something of that nature. Now, granted those are rice noodles. I still think that's hundred percent carbs, but after the last two outings we've had together, I just desperately want to go to the regular pho place. I just, okay. Oh God. I just so desperately want to go and get their broth. Okay. That'll have to be next. (laughs) Um, as for a dish that I make, that I make, my wife, 
I, I am not a huge uh, marinara sauce fan. We make our own now, which is much better. But um, I enjoy, uh, you know, olive oil and garlic, the aglia and olio sort of system. That, that to me is much more enjoyable. Uh, what's, what's your go-to, or go-to pasta dish that, it, that is something you would make? ramen um sometimes we'll make a nice noodle salad like a a pasta salad you know that Mm -hmm. can be quite good with like three different types of beans i like that um i will eat pasta like a spaghetti or macaroni with just the marinara sauce that's good if i'm going out i might get like a what's that what's that sauce with the bacon in it uh carbonara carbonara i like a good carbonara I like to go out and get like a seafood fra diablo, which has got like that spicy red sauce and a medley of seafood. I wouldn't make that myself. That's one of my most favorite things when I go out like on vacation or something, finding a place that will serve that. Um, Yeah, at home, it's probably more low key. We'll bake a lasagna from time to time. Um, Yep. So, yeah, something something like that. Yeah. I like it all. Again, I was raised in an Italian household, so I do like it all. Um, Yeah. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. And then we get Mrs. Manson's question, which is the one the that's cosmos. stealing your. Yeah. Okay. I, I got two. I got two. So I can go with it. Dear DC and Doc, thoughts on the images from the James Webb telescope and being able to begin to see and learn about more cosmic history. What do you think might come of studying the first stars and ancient galaxies of the universe? The truth is out there, Mrs. M. Um, yeah. My new Chromebook. You know, just wallpaper <laughs> is that first picture that came out, I think, on the 11th, although the pictures that came out on the 12th, I think, are all probably even more beautiful and breathtaking than um, than these. You know, as someone who grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation, this is delightful to me. Um, going to her question, what does this mean? You know, what do you think might come of studying? The f- I have no idea. No idea what comes of this, but just being able to see that all of that exists in those, you know, very vivid colors and everything is just delightful. I could stare at this and just keep finding new things to like about it uh, for hours. Amazing piece of technology. And to think that all of human history and technology and knowledge has culminated in the ability to view the cosmos in this resolution is amazing. I mean, it's unfortunate that it comes at the same time that the you know wealthiest and most advanced nation on the earth also has decided that women aren't fully you know uh, deserving of human rights. Yes. So, so it's hard to take both of those things in the same relative period of time and feel totally good about the human race. Um, but yeah, very cool. And somebody smarter than me has to figure out what to do with it. I don't know. I don't know what the practical applications of this are besides the fact that, you know, if there's a spaceship, we'll see it really. But this is going back in time, right? Yeah. The the pictures that they're they're getting are from light years away. Yeah. So that's crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Thank you for your email. That was going to be one of my pieces of positivity. Luckily, I got a backup. But uh, our emails are done. Thank you to Mrs. Manson and Glenn and Nate. Doc, what is your piece of positivity? You should have saved AEW. Probably. Um, but I will go ahead and give it to something else that I've been putting off watching. 
that started watching this past week, uh, season four of Stranger Things. Uh, I am enjoying it. Oh, Paul Reiser. I enjoy seeing Paul Reiser from time to time. I always forget he's in it. And then, yeah, I only I'm only up to through episode three, so I'm not that far, Um, but I'm enjoying it overall. I am enjoying. I I agree with you. I think that there is a more a darker, more horror bent um, than probably the last couple of seasons. Um, I'm enjoying that atmosphere. I wish they would rely a little bit less on CGI. I feel like the practical effects are nice. And I just feel like there's a lot of things that come off as goofy. I don't, I don't think the CGI looks as good as they think it does. Um, I enjoy the fact that they're being an imaginative and they're trying to do and show things, but I just, I think it would be a stronger product with they dialed that back a little bit more. And as I talked to you, when I saw you, I also feel like it's bloated. Like I feel like there's a lot of scenes and story threads and things that could be lost on the editing floor and would not change the storyline at all. And this is my problem with a lot of television over the past last 10 years and doubly so for television since I think streaming has become a major player these last couple of years. It seems to me that the streaming companies are funding projects that just fill hours of time. Um, they, they want an hour count from these projects. They want to yes. keep people watching the shows and subscribing to their service. And it seems like that is the priority over telling a well-crafted thought out story with what you would traditionally consider to be good filmmaking technique, editing, telling a concise story where every single action that appears on the screen contributes to the story in some way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bloated. There's just so much here that I think I might be surprised maybe by the time the season's over, but there's already like complete storylines that I'm looking at and saying, I don't think any of this needs to be here. And this could probably be half as long these episodes. Cause I got to tell you, each of these episodes is like an hour and 20 minutes so far. They are way too long. There are entire scenes of things that if they were dropped would not change one bit of the story that is being told. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's too much. Um, again, I am enjoying it overall. But I, I think it suffers from streaming itis very heavily. And that's, I think, going to be more and more the future of these shows. So I don't know. I guess I, got, I should stick to movies, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, Stranger Things Season 4. How about you, DC? What is your piece of positivity this week? Uh, I have something, again, of the, of the visual medium. Um, it wasn't a Prime Day deal, but I think in getting ready for Prime Day... Uh, Amazon offers a lot of different streaming services for like 99 cents for two months um, on, you know, if you use their app and use prime in which to do it. And so, um, you know, my wife got a bunch of different things. So, cause we have the summer, but one of the things she got at my request was discovery plus now discovery plus has uh, Mythbusters and iron chef America and it has good eats. And so I have been enjoying every night, um, you know, my wife is reading or she's, you know, listening to her own sort of meditative things as she's drifting off to sleep. And I am watching from back in like 1999, 2000, this baby faced Alton Brown, you know, making steak or showing us how to make chocolate mousse or doing all of that. And, you know, 
for 99 cents. If I watch one episode, it's worth it. And I've watched probably seven and, you know, I doubt I'll get through all 16 seasons, but I'll make a note of where I left off. And the next time it's 99 cents for two months, we'll pick it up again and I'll, you know, sort of keep plugging along. So, um, you know, that sort of thing is nice. I, you know, I enjoyed watching stranger things the way, the weird way we did it. We did watch all of, uh, the part two, the, the final episodes. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I used to watch a whole lot of food shows and good eats was one of them. And so being able to watch those again has been particularly lovely. Very nice. So that will be my piece of positivity for this episode 300, I believe in 27. Indeed. Uh, I don't even remember what we said. Suckling, suckling the powder, suckling the powder. What a fantastic episode. This is why GQ doesn't come back on the show, because just by the title, he's, he's not going to be. A there was nothing that was not PG about that statement. That's true. That's true. Uh, GQ, I do wish you the best. You won't hear this till after your window washing, uh, but I hope it I hope it goes well for you. And I am super proud and impressed and delighted uh, that you would even come out to my neck of the woods to window wash uh, for us. Uh, Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, you can do so by sending us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog of episodes. You can find DDT Wrestling wherever it is that you acquire fine audiotory goodness like this one. We're on all the podcast repositories. And if you like what you've heard, and really, how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and doc. It does help us keep the lights on and it does keep this podcast train a chug a luggage. He is doc Manson at doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, thank you for joining us. Have yourselves a heck of a week until we meet again. My friends won't you be a bestie. Jeremy, stop your uh, sabbatical and get back online.